0: Whether it's for work or play, we rely on home internet so much these days. Being connected and staying connected has never been more important. So if you want reliable internet, bought you at speed, switch to Aussie Broadband. It only takes a few minutes to sign up and their 100% Australian-based support team are ready to help. Aussie Broadband, the actual Aussie way. Find out more at aussiebroadband.com.au. T's and C's apply. Thousands of Aussies trust Aussie Broadband to keep them connected to the world, even when they're on the go. Because as well as reliable home internet, Aussie Broadband also offers flexible mobile plans with super generous data allowances and no locking contracts. Their 100% Australian-based support team are ready to help you make the switch. It only takes a few minutes. Aussie Broadband. The actual Aussie way. Search Aussie Broadband Mobile to find out more. T's and C's apply. Welcome back to this week's episode with new friend of the show, new star... Angus Brayshaw. Absolutely love Angus Brayshaw. Love what he's about. Have been wanting to get him on the podcast for such a long time now, especially with my new love of golf. This man is a serious golfer has hit hole in ones is a member at one of the best courses in australia i pretty much got him on to just make sure he can get me back on his course as well but no in all seriousness he's a star love what he's doing he's also coming out of contract this year so plenty of exciting things happening but his footy is taking care of itself obviously a premiership player last year with the d's as well and i remember watching that game you know i love grand finals and thinking this bloke seriously set the tone for lack of a better word for the Ds in that third quarter after halftime, he came out and just settled it, took the sting out of the game and uh, it was a massive, massive impact. So yeah, love everything about what he's doing on the field, but yeah, wanted to get him to know him off. So, so he plays his golf, he's a super smart guy, doing a lot of study at the moment in finance, spoke a lot about his concussions and and how serious that actually was and how much of a big feat that was for him to come over and all the work he had to put in off the field, not just physically, but also psychologically and, and getting his confidence back playing the game again, which can take a lot. So he was sort of someone that was, you know, copying a lot of these concussion issues before it became really well known. So it was really interesting to get his opinion on that one. And then spoke about the massive impact that the the Frawley family has had on him and his his partner, Danielle Frawley, who's an absolute star. And her mom and her sister Chelsea doing incredible things for all things mental health and making sure Danny's name lives on really, really strong. And, and it, it definitely is. And we spoke to Jack Steele about it too. The incredible work the Saints are doing with the, the Danny Frawley Wellness Centre. And yeah, to hear Angus talk about that and the impact that it's had on him and the family is, is unbelievable. And he's just got so much admiration for what they're doing. So love this chat. Make sure you listen to it. Enjoy it. And uh, if you like the show, please don't forget to follow or subscribe. If you're listening on Spotify, make sure you follow. If you're listening on iTunes, make sure you subscribe. And rate the show as well. Remember, those four stars are broken. Three stars are broken. You have to give five stars. Unfortunately, that's just the way it goes. Ely XX. Hi, fam. It's Dylan's mum, Deborah. This is Dylan Friends. I was like, you can embarrass yourself? And I was like, bro, do you want me to do all seven versus? Beat arrogant. Didn't know all yes. seven. <laughs> I've been in
1: a bad team for 10 years, and we got a chance to do something pretty special this year. All you can
0: do is put your hand up and say you're wrong. Banter is a way that guys connect, a way that we can kind of play it safe with someone until we get to know them. I try to fix people sometimes. I'm like, Dan, stop
1: doing that. Just listen. And you stack on top of that the habit of not taking your phone when you take your dog. It's easy.
0: They had no other way to get out of the cave, and we either turn our backs on them, in which case, they're going to die. Or we give this crazy idea a go. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Thanks, Brayshel. How are you, my friend?
1: Terrific. Thanks very much for having me, Dil. I've heard a lot. Gorney, obviously, my podcast partner's come on before and I've heard only good
0: things. Yeah, very excited. It was funny because when we first wanted to get you and Gorney on, I remember hitting up the actual uh, Gus and Gorney Instagram page. Which I run, funnily and enough. And you run that. So yeah. I don't know if I was talking to you or the CEO or the, the, the CFO, maybe, of that account. But, you know, I was just trying to get the double combo, ended up just getting Gorney. Now yeah. I've got you. So you've is there got a r- better value for money. Is there a riff? No, no, no. We're rock solid, um, especially now more than ever.
1: Um, we've had a, a lot of feedback. So we used to do it with um, just Gorney, and then they would sort of rotate my position. And then the second week they did it with Rick Lever who just sank it. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, they said Jake Lever, Jake Lever. Yeah. Yeah. So after that, it's just been him and I. And so we're tight. So there's no, no riff there. No boring podcast or anything like
0: that. We're, um, we're good. And thanks for having me. No, I appreciate That's a Gus and Gorney podcast. Make sure you check that one out. There's the the, plug. Thanks very much. Show notes, show notes, show notes.
1: Um, how are you, my friend? Terrific. Yeah. Good. Um, good start to the season, um, for the D's. Um, playing some good golf, which I think we're
0: going to go into later. But, um, no, nah, mate, everything's everything's ticking along. Um, I know you're a big fan of the show and you you listen Huge to most fan. episodes. But have we, like, always sort of maybe come up with a story sometimes of how we'd met or, like, how we'd come to being friends? Sure. It, we played a game of footy together uh, against each other. And that's the
1: first time I remember meeting you in the flesh. Mm. And then there's honestly a pretty significant gap. Yeah. And then... Sorrento Hotel. Yeah. Sorrento Hotel. And then yeah. <laughs> I probably don't need to say much more <laughs> yeah, than that. Yeah. Um hopefully my girlfriend's not listening. She got angry at me for that yeah. weekend. But we had um Yeah, friendships and bonds, all sorts of stuff yeah.
0: that goes on down there. So um yeah, basically brothers after that. Yeah. And um, here we are. No, it's good to be, it's good fun having the show. Um let's get into this golf game sure. because it's something that you're yep. very well known for. I am like a late comer into this and, yeah. and people were you know, probably get sick of me talking about I'm off, I'm off 19 That's a good start, mate um, start I, I started off like 25 mm-hmm. Came down And this is what's happened with golf And I'm sure, you know, this might have happened When you were like 13 or something But I played last week in Sydney And I hit 41 points
1: That's insane Yeah, and I, then the next game I had I had 41 points Oh my god The other day
0: But then the next game I had I hit 13 Yeah,
1: so that happens <laughs> And that happens And it's been interesting My golf journey Like I'm alright now But I, I've got all brothers and my old man actually owns a golf business um and so got us into golf very early and had all those big oscillations up and yeah. down good rounds bad rounds good shots bad shots but it's only
0: really been the last couple of years when i've started taking it more seriously do you practice and do all that stuff um no nah, like I, that's my biggest sort of thing at the moment is like i hit out i go out there mm. and it's like the amateur that you know, he's playing footy. I'm assuming they don't. No one wants to go to training. Hundred percent. Everyone wants to play. Exactly. So it's like, am I going to spend four hours at the driving range, or I'm just going to go play a game? And yeah. then as soon as I get there mid round, I'm like, "Fuck it, should have gone to the driving range." Yeah. So I
1: really. Uh, that's what changed. We were speaking before. We're training out at Casey, and I um would you know be the, this classic. I would be like, oh, you know, there's a ha- single finger handicapper in there. I just couldn't be asked, you know, practicing. But then because we're driving home from Casey. I live in Elwood, and my golf course is in the middle, so I'd very easy for me just to turn left, and that's that's the secret, mate. Surprise, yeah. surprise, surprise. The secret's practice. Coaches? Uh, I've got a couple of mates there who are off scratch, so I play a bit with them and get some tips off them. Oscar McDonald, you might know. Yeah, him. He's, yeah, um, yeah, The big porterhouse has helped me along the way, and um, here I am. So
0: so what do you want for the moment? 4.7. I,
1: I, I was one over the card yesterday um, wow. at Royal Melbourne, and honestly like I, I took some inspiration i think from the masters you you would have been watching yeah. that pretty closely and i think i just look at them and think geez like and it's stupid but like i say like not really hitting anything that i can't hit like I can, <laughs> if i swing hard enough right i can up. hit it far and i can putt all right and it's all there and then um yeah, it just came together. It was weird. It was weird. And then so, Cam Smith crumbled, which yeah. really hurt the other day. Uh,
0: Four point seven. That's pretty impressive. So Oscar yeah. McDonald, for those listening, is he? He's off scratch, isn't he? Three point two at the moment. So I'm coming for him. Yeah. But he
1: was off scratch um, for ages. Um, I think he's got
0: a bit of a sore back, which is, hasn't okay. helped. Jack Nunes is actually off three and a half as that's well. Been going. James yeah. Hunt at
1: our club's off three point eight. Mm. So I'm catching him. I'm second at the moment. I've knocked off Steve
0: May. He's yeah. nothing. I have a um, theory on golf though, like as, as I said, I'm quite amateur, I'm like 19 at the moment and I think 19 handicappers have a lot more fun than 100 than four Big handicappers because we hit a good shot and it's like the best day ever, you 100%. make a par, you're happy, whereas you know, you guys are like putting it a metre from the hole and you're upset. Yeah, you're exactly right and the better I've got, the more frustrating it gets
1: because the more good shots you hit yeah. and then you always inevitably stuff one up and it's like, you know. I, should be better than that and yeah. the sort of pressure comes on and it's a bit of a love-hate relationship but i'm doing all right at the moment you get a hole in one though i have and that's probably the best day of my life can you tell that story and i've had some good ones i was this is as if we were just
0: talking about that yeah. i wiped the first four holes at royal melbourne um west course regular day sorry just on that royal melbourne as well where you're in that's the best course in australia
1: So probably um, south of the equator, the best course, um, depending on who you ask. And now I've got it. some mates who would disagree, but they can stuff themselves. Um, And the west course is number one? Yeah, the west course and the east course. Um, So I'm on the west course today. It's a very easy start, and I've managed to wipe the first four holes, which for people who don't know, means I'm so shit it's not worth finishing the hole. Um, You just pick your ball up and walk off to the next one. And I've lost balls at this point, and I'm furious with myself. I'm playing with my older brother, who's sort of into golf at the time, but... He's um living in Canberra. He just wants to do something. To the two of us, Dom Tyson, who you might know, is come yes. along. So there's yep. three of us and he's not playing great. And it, the fifth hole goes this way. The sixth hole comes around and you walk right past the clubhouse. So I'm pretty keen to get the, like, leave. And I say to Will, um, you know, if you're not, if, it, if it's not, if it's all the same to you, like, I, um, I, I'm think I'm going to go sell my clubs after this <laughs> hole and that'll be that. And I hit this, I'm using a yellow ball. I've lost so many balls. I'm oh, like, fuck yeah! Well, I'll just use this stupid nut and um, hit the the perfect shot, and it bounces and rolls in. And yeah, I mean, it was like the single moment, like the spike, is like the most incredible singular moment ever, and it's up there with like the grand final siren. Like it's that. So I said that that the the, whole, the ball going in the hole is like the same peak as the grand final siren, except after the grand final, it stays. For a lot longer, longer, for a lot longer, yeah. Whereas with golf, like you know, the next hole I probably wiped as well, so it went straight back down. But it was an unreal feeling. And yeah. I had witnesses, which is crucial. And um, on a good course, too, good course, which is a, a, a you know, nice thing. And I've got a little plaque that sits up in my um, in my bedroom now, That's which is awesome. a reminder. Isn't golf a bit like life? Big you time, know, it's such a great up metaphor, and down. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
0: That's the you, you never know when Lies it's going to turn, it's a brilliant, You never know. Yeah, really that's about on this. Hey, um, let's talk some footy, mate. How's sure. the year been going? Obviously, D's um running hot. And take this like as a this is a compliment. Okay. I so think I know what you're gonna say, and I agree with you. Say it. Okay. Because it still rattles me how good you guys are. Like I knew, you know, you've got such a good team, such mm-hmm. good players, but for so long, and I suppose from the start of your career yeah. too, that uh that connotation, that stigma of Melbourne. Yeah, and yeah. It's just – I can't believe you've – like, I'm so happy you've been able to turn around, but I'm just i still shocked because other clubs have probably been in that position but just haven't been able to do it. Yeah, well, it's it's an
1: incredible club story. I watched – there was a documentary that came out maybe a month ago on Fox Footy um, and it's from our last premiership in 57 – 64, sorry, 57 years in between and then um, the premiership we've just won. And it's – you're right, crazy. And it's baked into our – it was – like a part of our fabric where it's like we just can't get it done Jim Steins ran through the mark man of the mark and we you know lose and then you know 2018 comes we get pants at um, you know uh, over in West Australia and then you know we win the you know we break through we managed to do it and it's honestly crazy um, and even you know talking to you know you sort of meet people along the way um, fans of the club and a lot of them we've got probably an older demographic of uh, Um, supporters and you know you get to know them a bit and then you just they just start crying like one like one day we win the grand final the next day you see them and they're like in tears in front of you it's mental and um it's it would appear that we've um sort of you know for four and it's been a good start but um i think irrespective of how we've started it's just a different uh mindset i've noticed with our fans probably more than anything so we could have you know, we could be zero and four, and I think that our um that what you're talking about that stigma, mm. which certainly, yeah, I mean, I noticed for the first seven years of my career, I think um, you know, that's that monkey's off our back now, yeah. and it's um, no, it a refreshment for our
0: supporter base, which is awesome because they've really, really suffered through it. Yeah, no, you're so right. Like it's now when you, you know you watch um Melbourne play or I watch Melbourne play, you actually forget about yeah, what had happened when you 100%. think of that that how long of a heartbreak that was for supporters, and it's it's. Quickly done. Now, just going back to that, sorry, you'll pick th- uh, three yes. in draft. So, uh-huh. McCartan, Petrarca, you. Yep. So, you come into a club then. Talk us through what it was like back then.
1: Look, it was uh, it was a really, really, in hindsight, an interesting place. Uh, for the, some of the reasons we spoke about, like, um, it's not, it's, it's a different club to come into than probably a lot of other clubs for that reason, um, because with, I feel like, you know, you look at a guy like Jack Watts and Trengrove and Scully and like our high picks uh, have the expectation of being a high pick but then they've also got these expectations of saving an entire football club from mediocrity and that's an interesting dynamic to walk into and at the time, you know, I had, I had no idea. I was none the wise. I'm just this 18-year-old kid who's um, super keen to play footy and have a, you know, have a crack and get a game and things like that. I'm probably not thinking on the grand scale of things um, at that point, so... Might have been a bit oblivious to all that stuff, but I'd, um, Nathan Jones was a tremendous mentor uh, and he sort of helped me through the early stages of my, of my career. Paul Ruse was um, a coach who really gave me every opportunity to learn and grow and I'm very thankful for his influence early on. And yeah, I mean, I had a good first year and then, you know, started getting knocked around a bit, um, concussed and stuff, but I, I feel like I learned a heap being in the the Melbourne Football Club in that specific environment could have gone to a more successful club potentially Mm and I had it a bit easier but I feel like I learnt so much then and probably as a group you look at our uh, what you might consider our core of our premiership team Gorney was there the whole way Track was in my draft Clayton was the draft after Um, Jake Lever was in my draft but um, he probably went to Adelaide's different sort of path, but you know Stephen May was at Gold Coast, heap of mediocrity yeah. up there. So that's like a all the blokes who are sort of and I'm missing. I'm obviously missing people, but the theme of doing it hard early, learning a heap, and then building on um, is something that I think has, has been really beneficial for our club.
0: Yeah, because you look now, and a lot of people say like, oh, you need to have that experience know how to do it. And I suppose you, know, you did have a couple of players like Jordan Lewis and whatnot that he came helped. through. Yeah, but absolutely. it's not a lot that, that does it. So a lot, as like you said, have come from that um yeah uh, a tougher yeah, yeah, up, you yeah, know, absolutely. A tougher 100%. into it.
1: We had Jordan Lewis was the only premiership player I think um, that I ever had sort of played with. And yeah. everyone else was just, you know, a Melbourne footballer who had got nowhere near it. So mm. you're right, we definitely built off that base together, which um,
0: was good. It was it was interesting chatting with, with Gorney when you know, he was on the pod last time, and we we're talking about when we t- you mentioned those players before, like uh, Scully and, and Grove and all these guys like Jordan Gisbert's, mm. I think it was Lucas Cook. There's a lot of players, like a lot of high end talent. Yep. And he sort of put that um, not on them, but like back on, on obviously on them, but also on the clubs as well at that time. And yep. it just didn't give them the best opportunity to develop. But then you look at, you know, yourself, Petrarca, um, Clayton, Oliver, the players yep. come through now. And it's hard for you to answer because you were probably a part of it, but, Is there something in there that you go fuck like we've we've had this before but it didn't work out? Do you think they learnt from the mistakes early? I think stability was the difference, and
1: uh, you know people talk a lot about recruits. I Peter Jackson for mine was the CEO of the year before I rocked up, and he was probably the best person that could have ever happened to our football club. He came along and hand in hand with Roosie but Roosie gets all the plaudits and the uh, you know recognition for bringing stability. Peter Mm -hmm. Jackson was. just as important, just as influential. And those two together sort of, I mean, Jonesy had like eight coaches in nine years leading yeah. up to Roosie or something crazy like that. And how can a young kid come in and perform when every different year coach likes him or doesn't like him or wants him in this position or that position? And the very, like, you know, there's no consistency, which is, you know, mm. kill a young kid, I imagine. So for those two in particular to come in, and I, I said I was appreciative of Roosie, just as appreciative of Peter Jackson, because a footy club's only as good as, um, you know, it's the, the, all the parts that make it up. And yeah. Melbourne have been historically really bad in the off-field stuff as well. So those two gave us a really solid platform um, and probably bought us time. Ruzy was... I can't. Someone said that. I can't remember who said he bought us time. But he really did because, you know, he takes all the pressure. He takes it all away. Um, and then we get, the, as you said, those guys you mentioned, we don't really understand because we're a bit young, but we get a chance to, you know, develop and... You know, see how good we can be and grow together, and um, without the sort of pressure of the external stuff, which has haunted Melbourne for ages. You're a you're a
0: confident guy, okay? From the out outside, yep. is that is that the case? And if so, has it always been the case? I used to have a really crippling uh, fear
1: of social um, public speaking, and I crazily, lie. I you know, I would full-on lose my shit and would start sweating and stuttering and crazy. And then probably sort of as I got better at footy growing up and uh, probably, you know, into my 16s and 17s, I started, you know, you go through the process and you start Mm. interviewing with people, clubs and that. And um, I found myself really comfortable talking about footy. And, you know, I'd be meeting these old blokes who would be asking me questions that I felt like I actually had an idea about how to answer. And you start, you know, with the, you know, the pretty simple stuff when you're 16, but it gets more and more and more. And by the time I was 18, I, f- I felt like that through footy and just talking about footy to different people that had, um, you know, sort of helped me overcome those issues. I, um, yeah, I, I haven't really had a problem since I got drafted yeah. with it. And that's something that's incredible. You ask my old man who we've established off air is a bit of an idiot. He <laughs> used to um, send me into... Um, you know, like a Seven Eleven to buy him a newspaper when I was a kid with like the incorrect amount of like change by like a, a 20 cents, thirty cents just to get me to in those situations to try and overcome it. And it would just, like, I was crippled by it, like this crippling fear of, um, you know, sort of talking to people, interaction and that I've overcome it through footy, which is incredible because you're right now that I'm here and this is my eighth year. I feel like I've, um, yeah, certainly like it's, a, it's a skill that I think you can work on being um, confident, and talking to people and that sort of thing. And, it's incredible to think how far I've come. Uh, you yeah. wouldn't have known it. Okay.
0: Do you think that helped oh you? Looking, looking, no, looking. it was
1: the worst thing ever. I'm <laughs> this, you know, ten year old kid who's like in there crying, like I'm so sorry, I don't have the right yeah. change. I'm out, and he's like, oh, here's the change, and it didn't help at all. It absolutely didn't help. In fact, it probably sent me more down the. There's no way I'm ever talking to anyone ever. The, fu- the classic one is, um, oh, go ask that person for the time. Like he'd, al- like he'd always like leave his phone in the car or something, so I'd have to go and ask someone. To tell me the time And it's like Why the fuck I don't need to do that Like yeah. I'm a 10 year old kid Who hates talking to people oh. Why are you trying to
0: make me do that it's So yeah, He's an idiot It's but like the one when Like I don't know If this has happened to you as well When my old man used to get home He always just called people and be like Can you have a chat You know like, yeah. I don't, I don't, talk. Talk to I don't want to fucking talk I don't want to talk to you I don't even know who you are I do exactly. not want to talk to I you I
1: have had so many bad experiences with him And trying to force me to do that stuff He's <laughs> very And always has been Super out there And doesn't care about much of that stuff So it's never been a problem for him But yeah growing up it was i've overcome that ailment now and um here i am i've got a podcast and i'm on dylan friends i've yeah. made it to the big time and nothing to worry know, about it ones flags everything yeah, exactly um
0: hey there is the, there is a serious part to your story that's that's happened uh you know there's lots of adversity throughout your career that I, we will talk about today but one being um some concussion yeah. issues early in your career talk us through talk us through that because i think it's something that you can look at now and you can quickly forget like how serious that was for you
1: absolutely uh Thankfully, people do because I'm still playing and it hasn't yeah. ruined my career and um, it's something that, you know, I've thankful, as I said, I've got a, some so much good stuff that I've been fortunate to be able to have experienced so it's not as big a story anymore but you're right, I am, um, you know, was pretty close there to having to throw it in and um, my first concussion was we were at the, the real bad one where it sort of started, like junior career you have them and you sort of recover and it's fine but... I um was playing at Windy Hill in the VFL and it was like muddy. It had been raining all weekend. The centre was muddy and the ball was this cake brick, mudded, you know, nugget basically. And I've um, we've won the ball. I've turned to leave to blitz, run forward to um the next contest and have just from you to me away. My teammate slid off his boot and it has just smashed me in the back of the head and down and out. And I came back the week after and got another one. And then that, when you get them really close together, that's when you start you know, with some serious sort of uh, consequences. Worrying about what's going to happen um, for the next sort of couple of months. So I had maybe missed ten games. Uh, came back and had a good end to the season in my second year. And then the, th- the year after, a similar sort of couple of events. I had one big one, one big uh, concussion, and then um, another one a couple of weeks later. And then that I missed you know months and was yeah i mean concussions it's crazy how i probably pay attention to it more than most people but back when i was going through that stuff five or six years ago to where it is now and the afl have got these new mandates in Mm. and there's um you know more i'd say public attention goes to the cte and the stuff that happens um if you get these repeat head knocks um yeah like i I, that was it was um, on my radar from very early on and it's it's super obviously it's super serious but like i was i've got a uni degree i'm studying and um and my parents as much as i just have you know slagged off my old man mm. he's been great to you know footy's awesome and if you can make as get as much out of it as you can but you've got to if you finish let's say you finish at 30 you've got 50 years of you know life let's say to live and what are you going to be doing with that so um my brain's super important to me and i was yeah, probably prepared to give the game away at, at a certain point but um Feel super comfortable. Used mm. just about every single resource available to me, and there was a lot of great people that helped out. And thankfully, yeah, now here I am um, wearing a helmet, playing footy, and doing all right with it all. So it's um, yeah, it's crazy how close to think now. Yeah, looking back on it, I was prepared to give it away just wow. to
0: you know, protect the rest of my life. Yeah, well, it's a credit to you, and I think that it's something that a lot of young males and females in it know that there is more to life than playing footy. But what were what were some of the things you did to Get your brain back on track. So we've had Paddy McCart on the show a couple of times. Yeah, know, he did. You know, he was sort of detailing a few things that he went through as well. And I know, you know, it's, you don't compare concussions because they're all yeah completely they're different. All super individual. They're all super individual, and they yeah. still work it out. But was there something for you that you did? Was it like training your brain again? Like,
1: yeah, we did. Um, neurophysiotherapy was the one for me where it was great. Like, you know, you get exercise, you get a sore shoulder, you do your um, rotations, whatever. But I, and I'm sure that. <clears throat> People having a concussion, serious concussion, now would this would be something that would be mu- much more widely available? We had to, you know, sort of know like ten different sort of people to get to this uh, lady. Katie, your name was, and like I was doing um heap of different exercises, and like I'd be getting splitting headaches afterwards, and then I'd have to stop. And then you know you just try and build and build and build. And I feel like that helped. I um had this I- I- extensive series of tests done um, with this lady Tracy, who's a neuro something another neuro something um as opposed to you know the scat test if you've ever been concussed it's like i uh, remember five words like a probably like elbow carpet saddle bubble elbow something stupid like that like you can remember them now um and so we went into a heap more depth there um to profile you know my brain function and stuff and then look i said and, and people who get concussed i you know through the afl um i've spoken to a few times and the thing that i say is um you know you might not you might not be ever feeling right and ready to go again mm. and that could very very well be your reality and um you've got to be able to accept that because um as, as we spoke about you know there's so much more to life than footy and it's hard to tell that to some people and some people might not feel that as strongly as i do and that's fine but that's you know what i believe and um i got to it got to a point for me where i just felt like i was uh, ready to go and it was a, it was a it was a subtle shift i had one day where it was a really bad day at training where I ball sort of flew by my head and nearly hit me and I was like, Oh geez. Like, and felt super anxious about it and was like, Oh, like I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And that was like a really like far out like moment for me. And I was sort of like a bit shaken up by that. And then doing my rehab, there was a few, like I, you sort of introduced to contact and a few bit knocks and bumps and stuff. And then maybe a couple of months later, another ball whizzed past my head. And that feeling that I felt just wasn't there. And I was like sort of right in it. And I felt good. And I'm like, Onto the next contest sort of thing. And I reflected on that moment. I was like, geez, like, that's, um, like, I'm, uh, that, that, look how far I've come. And it was a feeling that's hard to put into words, but, like, I just knew. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm, I'm ready to go now. And um, you can't, there's nothing you can do to fast track that. I think everyone yeah. gets there in their own time. But it's, I was very fortunate to get there.
0: So, from what, from what you've said then, it sounds like you probably lost a little bit of confidence just in your body of, at time. that time. Yeah, yeah. Was it just time- that got it back or was there other things that you were doing at that time like you know nowadays um, this stuff's heavily done but back when you were doing as you said it was a bit foreign like were you just doing like mindfulness visualisation like was anyone you were seeing like a psych or psychologist even get you back into it like how would you get your confidence back
1: yeah so Dave Williams um, was my psych at the time he's now at Geelong and uh, yeah I was seeing him you know every day just about I was in at the club and we were talking through all this stuff he was terrific um And, yeah, like, you know, the doctors, the club doctors were awesome. Um, Doctor, uh, it's funny, uh, you might have seen the new Z, uh, the club doctor, the old club doctor at Melbourne. He's been in the media a bit, uh, the club and him and um, our old president and all that stuff has been blowing up. But I found him only um, really, really conservative with this stuff. So, like, my head was the number one priority and um, I was really thankful for that um so i had this beautiful uh, this beautiful network of people around me who was supporting and helping um from a symptom point of view that when once they cleared mm. up there was probably a month between where i was feeling mentally um ready to go and when my symptoms disappeared and that space in between what you spoke about with the visualization and the mindfulness and all that, the mental skills type of stuff um yeah i was working on pretty much constantly so there's no uh and as we, we said there's no one size fits all sort yeah. of recovery treatment thing but um Yeah, I I I took a holistic approach to it, and it it really was beneficial for me. And I'm probably you know in a weird way better for the experience because I'm um you know upskilled in so many areas that I I wouldn't have had to if I didn't go through that. And perspective, I suppose. Yeah, perspective is awesome as well, which you can't teach as well. Um, So look, I'm here now and touch wood. No more concussion issues, but I've had big head knocks, big bumps and stuff, and have just got up and run around and big big bumps. Yeah, it's hard to miss. And um, people, you know people laugh about that but that's <laughs> yeah. a serious thing like it yeah. gets in the way sometimes and <laughs> and I'd be super if it, if it happened and I felt like if I felt like shit I'd just you know I'd be I'm, I'm, I'm really yeah. honest with that stuff but I'm just like it just doesn't happen to me nah, anymore, fantastic. So it's good it's a good story
0: good. let's get back to some um, some other stuff that's been happening very good 2021 season D's with the flag yep it's pretty so good taking back to the start of the year like yeah. was it was a the belief there like was it, the, it I'm sorry I suppose it was like bubbling mm. but was it there, did you think this could actually happen? Uh, so,
1: I think probably the belief cemented itself after we played Richmond in round six for Jonesy's 300th and my 100th game, and there's a huge build-up for Jonesy's, like he's the 300th, um, joined the 300 club, and, uh, you know, Anzac Eve's a huge occasion, and Richmond are this juggernaut, and... Uh, we beat them, and we're six and zero. And I think that game was when it was like, and everyone always has belief. It's always everyone's year, and we're always running on top of the ground, going into round one, that sort of thing. But after we won that game, I feel like that was when it was like, okay, like this is um, this is pretty serious now. Like we're going, and we've just knocked off the best team in the last five years. Yeah, and that's when I feel like the belief really
0: just skyrocketed. Cause you, I think you guys won. Was it? Forgive me, forgive me. Uh, well, how many in a row it was? was it like nine, I think. Nine in a row. Yeah. And then there was a little bit of a yep. down. Yep, we lost a couple. And then probably ones we should have won.
1: We lost to Adelaide and Adelaide. And I can't remember the other one. But the big one again then <coughs> uh,
0: was the one in Geelong where... That was sick. I'm sure you spoke to Gorney about I that. I did speak to Gorny. Actually, no, I don't... I think we might have had him on... We spoke to him after uh, at the, the Best of Ferris episode. But when I had yeah. the actual episode with him, I don't think that game had happened yet. So well, you were in a little bit Of a slump at that stage Yeah so very, And we had yeah.
1: been pants We I'd kicked like Seven goals in ten, Five minutes of footy And um, You know We sort of uh, We were going to play finals So It wasn't like We were just like We, we knew we were going to play finals We weren't trying to win the game We were like We've got To get our You know Our yeah. brand back And our game back And um, you know, show some positive signs before we play finals next week and then one thing leads to another and Gornie kicks the most you know crazy goal because it could have literally gone anywhere. He's got the worst history I, but, with Geelong. But
0: that's the thing as well, as like Geelong also GMHPA stadium yeah. like, you know, the infamous skilled stadium I think is nearly the biggest win of all time against you and yeah, the Cats. So there's like that, there's Gorn, you know uh, Yeah, there's Garnie's you know,
1: you know, last four years and he's missed like 10 goals against There's a lot the there. Game.
0: So I personally from an outsider perspective, I was like holy fuck this is yeah man things are changing it was um, crazy there then um the lead up to the game in perth obviously COVID mm. over there do you remember uh like the lead up to those games well because i think you know no, I was I speaking do. to to clayton about this as well but i don't think he really remembered much but there was <laughs> a part where i was thinking this is a little bit dangerous 21 days off yeah i think it was um, between finals. Yeah, and yeah. Like, fuck, that's a long time to not be like, playing. Played, we played the qualifying final and then had two weeks off and
1: then the prelim and then another two weeks off. So we played two games in a month basically. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I remember it. Look, I, uh, as we spoke about briefly before, had this uni degree that I'm doing and was. What uni is it, by the way? What are you doing? Uh, Monash. I'm at Monash Uni and I've got one unit left in a f- commerce degree majoring in finance which is um exciting. super exciting yeah. i can't wait to be finished it's my ninth year of uni yeah. so i'm sick of it we'll But i'll talk about that another time nah, forget <laughs> it if anyone wants to talk finance then do not come to me i'm yeah. so sick yeah, of we'll that. take but that chat off
0: air that could get that could get really uh
1: well i had so much to do at the time so yeah. i was flat out with that i've got a lot of family in perth as well so once we were able to get let out so we were free basically uh for the two weeks leading up to the grand final i had a lot of people to catch up and see and so i was i was adequately busy and golf we we're on a golf course as well mm. but um you know geez there were some people who really really struggled because you essentially we were caged in for like six weeks uh, at this joondal up resort and with not much to do so um you know you see there's a spectrum of blokes some re- do really well and then there's others who sort of struggle mm. and i think we balance that really well um the coaches and the um you know footy managers and stuff um so that we could cater for all people because you know if clary said he can't remember much and was struggling well he's you know arguably one of the most important players on yeah. the ground when the grand finals sort of um the whips are cracking there so we need obviously everyone to sort of um get get the job done and um that hub was i i enjoyed it i really you know had a great time because you locked in with you i you know we have a great group of guys and we get along all really well and um and look, it probably helps that we won because it's like the positive sort yeah. of, the, it's great end to the story, makes it all um, worthwhile. But uh, yeah, I thought it was,
0: um, you know, a unique experience. Mm. What What are you like heading into a grand final though in, you know, performance wise? Like, are you... I was late to the grand final thing, which
1: was um, not great. You were late to the, the grand final meeting night before our um, pre-game team meeting. So I, um, my thing was... It's just another game, really. And yeah. I'm just gonna disengage. And I've got my brothers here, so I'm just gonna go hang out with them all day and I'm just gonna forget about footy and it's gonna be sweet. And I did a great job of that, and too I probably well. did too yeah. good a job because then like we're sort of ten minutes away from June up and I'm like, I get a call from Jake Melsham. I'm like, hey man, what's going on? And he's like, Where the hell are you? And I was like, Oh, what do you mean? And he's like, Yeah, we're in a meeting. I was like, that starks. I've yeah, forgotten that forgotten that we so You weren't Melsham. just like a little bit late. You were talking like uh, five. I was five ten minutes late. Um, but it th- almost doesn't matter how late. If you were one minute late, yeah, and then you're one minute late. Um, and we had this awesome thing where awesome thing. We had this. Uh, it was driven from that the leadership group where if someone was late, it didn't matter what for, you would all have to do a two minute plank as punishment. And we get in there, and it's just like the most painful experience then like we all sort of have a laugh and it's all right time to plank and sort of cut the tension a little bit i have to think that i cut the tension and on grand final day when we were in the change rooms i was like don't worry goody like i'm here now mate we can start the meeting and everyone had a laugh so i um i tell you what if we had lost i would have been crucified i would have been absolutely crucified i'm very glad maybe that's why i played all right i was like you can't cannot let this
0: 100 it's like you have to um sometimes it is good to break the air like that but i can imagine if you know, like, yourself or Goody didn't take it well. It could actually fully fuck the Goody vibe. Goody was awesome, yeah. yeah. Goody was
1: awesome with it. I, look, he I'm sure he would have been aware of that as well. Yeah. And like, what you nah, there's No, there's no way you'd let that derail you. It's no. not like I've done anything. Like, I've not murdered anyone or anything. So yeah. it's not like a totally fatal error, but it's this, just...
0: This story could be, like, so wrong. But I've heard of this story, and I, it's it's a shocking story because I don't know who it was or where it was, but I've heard that there was a game, and um, and I don't really like talking about uh, fluctuance or anything like that, but there was a game and it was a grand final when a team was down going into the third quarter mm-hmm. and a player, they were doing like a really, really serious like speech going into the third quarter. Like, we need to get back. We need to get back. And a player like farted <laughs> at like the worst time. And apparently like it just... Like, like the whole yeah. like vibe of the speech and like God, oh, I didn't yeah. know whether to laugh or to be like what the fuck and the coach was just rattled Yeah. and then like they lost the grand final I, sure. I, I don't know if that's that a wasn't true story our grand, that certainly no. wasn't
1: our grand final but you can it's a weird energy in, and yeah. in that's in when we were down as well at halftime and I can only imagine because there'd be blokes 100% Christian Matracker couldn't help himself he would laugh Yeah. and then there'd be blokes like Jack Lever would not laugh and you're right, that sort of weird energy. Yeah. We didn't have anything like that. Thank God we'd already, you know, got that all out of the way last yeah. night, the night yeah. before. But um, no, nah, it was, um, the lead up was sweet. I would um, a heap of support. I think a lot, the majority of people over there were Melbourne sort of inclined for yeah. whatever reason. So we um, had the support of the crowds and, you know, we got a yeah. bit of freedom at the end of it towards it as well. So it was all, it was an unbelievable sort of month of my
0: life. Yeah. Let's talk about the game though. I love grand finals. I, I've, Really say this seriously. So I actually don't watch a lot of footy anymore because mm. I just, for some reason, I, I don't know, I just don't watch a lot of footy, but I love finals. Yeah. Because it's a different game. It's completely different game. It's just like, well, it's do or die, really. If you don't win, you're, you're out. Yeah. And I think that it obviously just adds a lot to it. Everyone loves finals. And even more on a grand final level, um, what are your memories of the games? Anything stand out? And I love talking about like those, as you would always know, this um, being in, in football, um, is like, you know, those moments in games. That are spoken about, you know, on the broadcast, that are yeah. big moments. But then there's also one internally that might have yeah. happened that no one would know about. Uh-huh. Do any sort of things stick out to you that have happened in that game? Yeah, I um, I'm probably I'm probably with you a little bit. Like I, I you know, my life
1: so much revolves around footy. I, you know, I watch my brothers play, and a few if that's a big game, I watch. But mm. I, you know, um, don't watch a heap other outside of that. But well, I reckon it was an awesome game. Obviously, we won, but. The back and forth, um, you know, we are up at quarter time, then Bontempele and, and um, you know, they, they just fire up and, and they're in front and then it's back and forth. That third quarter's nuts and then we just have the most insane last quarter. Mm. Um, we spoke about Jordan Lewis. He um, gave uh, the midfield group some advice, essentially, you know, just take it all in. There was a few points and I was like, I'm just going to take it all in and just enjoy it. Um, try not to get so wound up about it because... Yeah, it's an incredible opportunity and um, a, a privilege. I love watching, as you said, grand finals are awesome. Um, so I yeah, you know, I watch all the videos that come out after, and the storylines are awesome. So I'm taking it all in. I remember, um, so my grandparents uh came to the game like three hours early for the prelim final. They nearly missed it because they're a bit old and frail, and um, the train the trains were just packed. So they got in there about three and a half hours before the game started so I knew where they were in the stand. I could I, – my grandma's a lunatic um, and I could see her waving her flag around. I was like, that's my grandma. And I'm like – so I got them all tickets so I know they're sitting somewhere. Yeah. So I'm the, – uh, the, the anthem's going and I'm sort of looking up at them and that moment when the um, anthem finishes and the um, crowd roars, like that's that's one moment that's just like you can't replicate, which is mm-hmm. incredible. Um, and then, yeah, I think um, you're talking about moments that people uh, – Might talk about from the game yeah
0: Yeah I think um, Swing the game Because I know there was That tight moment That you were sort of Alluding to then Like where it could have Gone either way Well I think they kicked Like the first two goals After
1: half time But and we were down By 19 points But it had taken them Like uh, I'd say Nearly 15-16 minutes To do it Mm. So a heap Mm. of time Of us just getting Smashed in the back line And um, you know Contest after contest And our uh, defenders Stood up really well But there was um, uh, James Harms Kick to Bailey Fritch and like the game had been the third, the third quarter, which is what we were trying to do is just make it a slog like a, just an absolute um, just contest after contest type of affair, like a really ugly brand of football just to slow it all down and hopefully outlast them over the course of the next you know quarter and a half. And he got this, it just sat up for him and he just plucked it out of the air and hit this. It was like the most perfect kick ever. And if you just look at everything else, it just been so like, bogged down Mm. and contest and just hacked out and he got this one bit of fresh air and just laced Fritter out and Fritter's taken an uncontested mark because it's the most perfect kick ever and then he goes back and slots that goal Um, and then we start rolling a bit and then there's a few other moments but I remember seeing that and thinking geez like this has been we've been flat out for like 15 minutes and we're all gassed and then Harmsy's just got this one little moment shining moment of glory where he's just laced out Fritter so I think that was one moment where you know for me personally i was like thank christ like we've been under the pump here and now we've sort of got got one off and um from there yeah it just
0: started rolling and yeah. um didn't stop i must say as well and, and you're a humble man so it might embarrass you but that your third quarter was unbelievable i just remember you just settled it was really settled, and as you said, I remember that like those games are high tempo and mm. things going on, But you just had it, and you're just hitting targets, taking marks, sort of slowing the game down, but also making it fast, but hitting targets. Yeah, and it's funny it that huge. Like,
1: I appreciate the kind words. Yeah. I, Lingers and I, Ed Langdon, we're the part of the Wingers Club. Yeah, and quite often it's um, you know, your feast or famine, and if the ball's on your side, you're having a great time. Yeah, if it's not, you're just not doing much, and it's. It, felt like and probably was the reality of that third quarter was it was just bogged down on my half of the ground and so naturally it was just in a heap more of the play and um yeah i mean it's uh yeah far out i've been i've been playing footy for 20 odd years what how am i 26 yeah 20 years and you know you trained and dream of these sort of occasions and moments and i felt like um yeah i was in in that and i was absolutely buggered as well yeah. in that third quarter and i was just like well this could be your only chance you hear stories of guys who you know get nowhere near finals or grand finals and i was like well i'm just gonna have a crack and i felt <laughs> like uh yeah. that was what well, that was that's how I, that was my mentality that's what i did and um you know thank god we won like it just would have been so depressing if we lost and we didn't. Um, yeah. No, I can I can imagine it wouldn't be. It's probably the opposite of what. Yeah. And I feel so bad because the other side of that coin and the, the doggies guys have to go through that. But yeah. um, I'm very
0: thankful it wasn't me. Yeah. How good, though, to have, you know, you've played a lot of good games, but how good to have a good game on that day? Like, you must sit back and go, like, we won the flag, but also I like, contributed.
1: Yeah, right? I mean, I would ease, and let's get the record very straight <laughs> right now. If you said to me, Angus, you'll not touch the ball a single time and you'll run around and get nowhere near it, but you'll still win a flag, I'd that yeah but um yeah i mean it's um it's just a like it's uh, it's just an awesome feeling to to have experienced and you're right like when um it was you know when the whips were cracking and it was hard like i felt like um and all my teammates well we were all we all played a part you look across the board everyone contributed and i did my part and i feel like um that's a really satisfying feeling to be a part of a team and have success from where we started we spoke about with absolutely none of it to have built um yeah, you know, and to be a part of that, it
0: feels really special. So I'm yeah. very, very thankful. Mate, it's exciting. Plenty more to come. I don't know if you listen to Listloggers, but I made a very big statement on that. What'd you say? I, I said Melbourne are going to be good for a very long time. <laughs> it was it was <laughs> quite good It was quite groundbreaking. Everyone loved it. Yeah, um, great. Yeah, it was really exciting. Um, before we move on to another topic, just on on these, since that, what's been you know, and I'm sure that and it's obviously it hasn't happened with being four zip, but. I'm sure there's always a conversation about going, all right, we've won one but we want mm. another one and we yeah. want to win in Melbourne at the MCG.
1: Yep, that's huge. Um, and look, we've got uh, a great a great bunch of blokes but the worry that everyone I felt had and I certainly felt was like, um, are we just going to be happy with one? And you find out pretty quickly when blokes come back for their um, time trials and skinnies and stuff. Um how, the, how everyone's attitude is towards that what mm. you're talking about and um, I think we had like 30 PBs on the on the time trial front in the first yep. month and everyone's in ripping nick and you're absolutely right I think that thing you know our, uh, the majority of our supporters are here and uh, I mean the majority of them weren't able to get over to watch the game because of all the border stuff so it's a super um, powerful motivator to have so many people back here uh-huh. who um, are so keen to see us do well and succeed and You're right. We're four and I. I don't actually think we've been playing that well. We're just sort of just going, and I feel like um, there's some more levels for us in terms of game style where um, we can sort of elevate. We're defending really well, which is the core of our sort of game. But um, you know, it's exciting. Like we've got so Much room for growth and development, and um, you know, we're doing we're, we're winning games, so um, it's an exciting time and place. At the same time, we're super aware that these things very, very quickly can change, and trying to stay grounded and in the
0: moment, mm. not get too far ahead of ourselves, oh, which right. I think we're doing a good job of. Good answer, yeah. Good answer. I love Coszy Pickett, too. I don't, we don't he's know. unreal, yeah. We don't have to talk about it too much, but geez, I'd love that bloke, and I love Luke Jackson, too. Like, got some, yeah,
1: so they lived with my parents, they um, oh wow, so four brothers. Three of them now live in West Well, oh, they Australia. lived in, like,
0: your old rooms and stuff, yeah, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Mum and
1: Dad... Mum's sentimental about the family house. Don't yeah. want to sell it. And, you yeah. um, know, yeah, there's four empty rooms. I think she... Again, my old man, idiot. And if you're <laughs> at a house with him one out, like, you probably need some social filler yeah, in between. Yeah, so some mum distance. just needs so some... mum's like, yeah. bring them all in and yeah, we've got, yeah. like, three blokes in there at the moment. So, who's in there at the moment? Um, Disco Turner, uh, Jard, McVie and Tajwo Woden. So, they, like, get the young draftees yep. in and... um. So sticks played footy, uh, and mum moved over with him. He played for North, thirty-two odd games yep. or something like that. So, they've got experience with um, you know playing games, not playing games, and uh, they've had you know I've seen just about everything with four boys growing up. So they're um, they love it and they get so super involved in the club. There's an awesome photo that's framed now at mum and dad's house of um, the two of them with all the blokes who so Clayton Oliver lived with them, I live with them, Luke yep. Jackson, Cozzy Pickett, Trent Rivers. There might be one other I'm missing, but all of us who had lived there and were in the premiership team there, because my mum's father, late father now, was uh, ill at the time, and they were over there um, to provide him the care stuff. So they got an exemption across the border. But so they were there for the grand final. Oh, nice! And I actually took the cup to see him the day after we, uh, a couple of days after we won, and he had. It was an awesome experience to do that. But, um, yeah, that photo sits up in mum and dad's house now. And, um, yeah, I think as long as, uh, you know, they, they've still got that house, which seems likely, they'll just be, you know, getting people in there yeah, and, and loving it. Yeah, yeah it's we awesome.
0: Love it. Hey, you have to ask as well, you um, we're on AFL 360 for just about five minutes. Just for five minutes. Was it? No, we are. Oh, we are? No, we are now. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. We're on, we're G'day, a, guys. Yeah, yeah, so talk us through, uh, you're a big free agent this year. Yeah, cheers, Robbo. Yeah. yeah. Robbo Herald's son. <laughs> Tell me how that is going for you at the moment. Is it? Is there anything fired up with that yet? Footy clubs are,
1: are you know, big sort of machines, and mm. they don't. It's not just one person, but yet yeah, we've got this culture of media where it's like, "What's this?" And Luke Jackson's another one. Like, what's Dogger going to do? Doggy's got he's got no idea. I'm telling you about yeah. what's going on in the world, let alone <laughs> what he's doing um, with his contract. So it's this weird fixation, which I think is um funny. But um you know, we spoke about, um, you know, I've been fortunate to be i've played some good games and um that sort of you know makes the reality a little bit kinder to me if mm. i was um as we spoke about i've would taken the zero touch grand final medal mm. and you know i'm happy to play my role for the team i love doing it but um you know it's the it's a big decision and yeah. i feel like um you know dog is going to be all right he's going to be okay like there was a joke he actually he's got a manager so yeah. he's going to be okay but um yeah you know, i'm just i love i love my teammates at melbourne yeah. um and I love playing football for this club And it's, it's just an interesting thing People get so wound up about it And yeah. um, you know, the decision will happen when it happens I you know, have no idea what it's going to be at the moment yeah. um, But I'm very much enjoying playing footy at the moment yeah. And I love my teammates And as I said And the rest will take care of itself You play footy the old cliche: You play good footy, everything will take care of itself. Yeah, seems to yeah. be seems to ring never true. Never quite
0: happened for me, unfortunately. <laughs> um, never, never, never got to find out if that's actually true or not. But I'll live that one mm. through you. But it's uh, good luck right. with that.
1: You should get Dogger on the podcast. I oh, will. Well, yeah, yeah. He, we got him on our one, and he was tel- talking to us about um. I'll be like, what do you do in your spare time? And he, he um, looks at planets that might have potential habitable planets. Oh, I love that shit. So yeah, we're um, talking about Luke Jackson, aren't we? yeah, Luke yeah. Jackson, dogger. That's um, yeah, a good nickname. And I th- he uh, I'm not sure he's the one to take us to space, but he's he's looking. So. Okay, good, good. Yeah, so so he's more of a
0: yeah, experimental finding. guy. Um, personal life. Yep. Love to talk about your beautiful partner. Ticking
1: along, Danielle. Danielle. It's her birthday week now. Happy birthday, Danielle. Happy birthday week to you, Danielle. Yep. So she's um started
0: red hot. And um It's funny with the partners, they love a birthday week. Oh yeah. don't they? It's just does it doesn't end like with Let the, the record one show. I
1: I also love the birthday week, Danielle, if yeah. you're listening. So, so it don't change any yeah. of
0: that. And can you talk about a present like the pod will be out on, you know, yep. Monday. So so she's um, gonna have it by then?
1: Yeah, she'll have it by then. Yeah. I I've got her, so it's like um she likes loves drinking wine and alcohol and things of that nature. And a safe, like a, like a real safe sort of gift is like a, like a Riedel, like sort of a nice stemware glass that, because um, her mum drinks wine, nice wine as well. So they're a wine family. And so I've gone wine glasses historically, like some nice wine glasses. And are they the big, big, big ones? Because I'm Spe- carrying on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you got to have the big, the big ones. ticket so items. So like
0: every restaurant doesn't, I go to, yep. it ha- if it doesn't have those wine, like you just, you walk Forget out. Forget them. Yeah. Forget them. So I've gone historically
1: big with them, but I'm sort of running out of, we've got all the glass, we live together and yeah. our cupboards are stocked with this stupid glassware that <clears throat> I've bought and um, I'm I'm thinking that and I, it, I've, I've, I've placed the order. I'm going to pick it up tomorrow, but I'm not, I could change my mind still there. Martini, so she likes margaritas ah, and yeah. there's like this mar, margarita martini sort of um, stem glass for nice. four of them that I'm thinking of getting, but she's sort of dropped a few other hints. She wants... um. She steals my uh, clothes. I'm sure everyone goes through yeah. this, but she there's one jumper in particular, this big Nike puffer jacket that she steals. I'm thinking I could get her one of those, but I'm, 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 I think I'm gonna lock martini glasses doing in. friends stuff. Yeah, yeah Wait, Well, oh, she'd I can, st- don't worry, she'd steal I can that. Send her. You know for her birthday. Birthday. Yeah.
0: Sounds you know sounds like we'd be friends. I love margaritas. Oh, margaritas are great, but. Um, Apparently it makes a difference what you drink them out of. So I, I'm, know, um, I, I agree with that. I'm
1: going for the high-end margarita glasses. I'm mm-hmm. locking that in. So
0: I'm um I hope she likes them. I think and she will. And how did you guys I know there's an understand there's a pretty crazy story about how you you guys met because yep. friends and and Danny Father is obviously Danny, yep. Foley, um, absolute superstar of our game. Yeah. How did you guys meet? So it's a great story
1: for her. Um for her, not yeah, for you. It's a feel good story. <laughs> yeah. We um so Myel Man was the CEO of Richmond when he was the coach, and there's this classic photo of the two of us. Um, in like the creche like the you know child care when um, the games are on we're too young to go so you know she's been chasing me ever since <laughs> and um finally got there after 20 years so it's um good on her good on her now yeah. so that's obviously a joke we um had that we went to Halebury together sc- went through school I was the year above her but you know we were always just mates and you know you're not really I'm a you know, 13 14 year old kid at the time probably not too worried about who my partner's going to be and you know, just sort of figuring out what's going on in life at the time and um, finish school and then we sort of, you know, go out separate ways and we actually sort of got to back together. <coughs> old Halebury, uh, the football club, I've got a few mates there and there's a and Spud um, sort of, he's so she's one of three girls and they were all sort of um, into the footy stuff and they started the Old Halebury girls footy team and, um, yeah, we just sort of bumped in at a post game function and um geez that's nearly 3 year it would be more than 3 years ago now so we've um yeah been uh, going strong for, it's coming up on 3 years but we sort of been you know how, how it goes before then we're just talking and all that stuff yeah. so it's been three good years yeah it's an incredible love story isn't it she's um you know a feel good story i'm sure they'll do a movie or something about yeah. it
0: yeah oh we well, never know um Rom-com. and and uh, not to to miss on a you know massive the story uh, the the impact you know spud would we'll yeah. have it on you and, and not just, you know, footy, but yep. everything else. Can you talk us a bit about that? And obviously I've, I've asked you about this off-air to yeah, make sure yeah, you're yeah, happy yeah. about talking about this.
1: Well, I think what's been incredible is the work that the girls have done. So mm. the the Danny Frawley Centre is now open. Um, Chelsea, the elder sister, has been a huge part of that. She works at St Kilda. So they've been massive advocates in the mental health space. And, you know, the, the total, they talk about holistic health um, down there. And, you know, it's incredible to watch all the pain and stuff that they've gone through that for something like this to come out the other end of it. And, um, you know, that's super inspiring. And I'm super proud of all of them, but they, you know, that, that they love talking about mental health and trying to make a difference. And so yeah, I'm, I'm glad you've asked because, uh, that's one of Spud's legacies. It'd be yeah. a waste if, you know, people um, didn't take something out of his passing and this is one of them. So the mental health stuff. Yeah. I mean, he, I've sort of known him as we sort of touched on for 20 odd years and, Maybe not intimately for the first fifteen, but you sort of uh, see the stories and you hear the reports of the, um, you know, the mental health stuff. And thankfully, like this is, is this is my first real experience with it. Obviously, it's been three or so years now. But when we started going out, it was, um, you know, he was still alive, and to watch um, how it sort of impacted their family and um Danielle in particular, obviously, as my girlfriend, uh, it was. It was incredibly, incredibly hard to watch without knowing what much much of what to do. And I think the AFL was good with that stuff. They try and educate and it's, um, you know, well-intentioned. But I, I found certainly when I was in there, in the thick of it, that it was just like, wow, like I, um, I've, you know, I'm really – I don't know what to do here. What do I – you know, how do I – what do I say to my girlfriend who's old man's on these ups and downs? And um, it was a, a really hard time for, for not just me, obviously, but – um, you know their, their whole family and you know there's no easy answer <clears throat> I I, that's not a surprise um, but I found I'm, I'm so inspired by the way they um you know stuck together as a family and they are such a loving caring group of people and um, obviously people know how the story ends um, with spud but um, again super proud of how incredibly proud that's, that's not even the word doesn't come yeah. to, come close to describing the stuff that's happened afterwards i it's an appropriate legacy because he was an incredible man and um for the stuff that's come since the wellness center the um awareness that he's raised off the back of it which is hard um it's hard to get that i mean it's hard for the girls like you know to say like geez like it's so much good has come from it yeah, they've yeah. lost their father and husband but i think um you know it was uh I'm, I'm so proud of how they've shifted it and tried to make it into as much of a positive as they can. So, um, yeah, it's – uh, and I think now – and even now since, like, reflecting personally, I um, have – I just feel like I'm so much more well-skilled. Like, the Danny Frawley Centre's just opened, but, like, the, the lessons that they're trying to teach, I've been learning from the Frawley girls for the last couple of years, and I feel like now I'm so much better equipped to help my mates and people at the footy club and – um you know we spoke about perspective before and i feel like i've got this whole new perspective on life that um you know as the mental health stuff becomes more and more um prevalent and people are more and more prepared to talk about it, i think that's a that's a as a result of this collective um social shift which is you know blokes like spud have you know most to, to say about that it's been um it's yeah it's an incredible story but um, it's not over yet and um, the Spud Frawley Centre is open for anyone who wants to get down there I mean it's um, a space for people to come and just you know help working in holistic health and um, you yeah, know I'd encourage even if you like you know you can just ask a mate how are you are going and that's something that I wasn't really able to do until you know I learned off the Frawley girls mm. um, I'm so much better for knowing them and for that, knowing Danielle and if she listens to this then um, yeah I mean it's inspiring so uh, yeah good on them all
0: it is mate well said um i don't yeah like you said then i don't think there is there is no there's nothing to say yeah. that will, will make anything um in better in the situation but i think from from an onlooker and someone who's watched and uh partaken and admired the way the family's gone about it it's nothing short of inspirational yeah and, they're and and just yeah.
1: incredibly people say you know they're such a strong person and whatever and all that stuff it doesn't come close to describing the strength that those girls have uh, yeah. shown in you know very easy for that to just you know, just write everything off and forget about it, but it's inspiring.
0: It is. Let's uh let's maybe you know, this year I, I really want to get to around to the, the Spuds game and yeah and get around it. Um I know, you know, last year's been hard with COVID and everything, mm. but yeah, what an inspirational man and, and an inspirational family and absolutely it's uh it's an honor to even, you know, talk about it in conversation. So do everything we can there. The girls are doing incredible things, and there's plenty, plenty, plenty more to come in that space. And um, yeah, we had Jack Steele on as well, who was talking yep. about the the, um, the wellness center they got out at St Kilda too, yep. which is which has been a massive hit and, and doing incredible things. So, as you said, story's not uh, not forgotten at all, and and um, and still to this day living on doing 100%. awesome stuff. Yeah, it's awesome, awesome so stuff. Good on them. Hey, um, your brother's been on the show before you. Which one? Andy. Yep. And right. he's. In some good form. He's a good player. We were talking about him earlier,
1: like, um, That's you know a, what you guys have? Go on. Like a really thick head of hair. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. So my pa, who, uh, you know, has passed away but was 88.
0: It's the thickest head of hair I've ever seen. And
1: what? The whole way through, he had a full head of hair till his... Last days and thick, and yeah. I it feels good to be honest. Because <laughs> oh, I, I, I can imagine, I wouldn't know. Um, so Andrew and I have the thick hair. Hamish and William are the two brothers less thick, and sticks again a loser, but he's going bald. <laughs> he's balding aggressively. Yeah. So, and I so I think that's the what other they, two brothers are they a chance they've got, to? They've got the, the horns going, oh going back, so no, it's coming for them. Yeah, and it just feels really. Really good. It's just not something. It's just not something I'm going to have to worry about. So it's um. Thick you could head of genuinely
0: hair. donate some of your hairline to like me. gonna yeah, like, easily. You, if anything, you oh, I've might got a three head.
1: You know the joke. Yeah, here with a five head, I've got a three head. Literally, you need head. to
0: give one of your heads to mine because I've got the five head. We then we would both have four. Somewhere heads. in the middle would be somewhere yeah.
1: that'd be good. But no, look, it's um a thick head of hair. Andrew yeah. has one as well. He is playing good footy. Sorry, back to Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, back to him playing footy. He's
0: playing fantastic.
1: Yeah, we were talking um, yeah. You know, you don't want to wish injuries on anyone, but Fife being injured, I think, has given him yeah. more scope to work, and they've traded Chera to Carlton, so he's got a heap more responsibility and seems to be really flourishing, so yeah. um, I think they're in the top four as well. So, playing good footy in a winning side is, um, I know he's loving that. And Does he love Perth? Does
0: he love WA? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So, I'm a West Australian, so is my older brother, and Andrew and Hamish are born in South Australia, and we've got yeah. a heap of family sort of over the West, so...
0: When did you... Cause not to go all the way back to the still, because I thought you were from Sandy Dragons. Yeah, I'm a so, Sandy
1: Dragon. Moved, we moved pretty early, but oh, right. um, all You're our family, mum and dad are West Australians as well. Right. Their grandparents and um, aunties and uncles and all that stuff live there. So yeah. they've um gone over and found the transition really easy. Yeah, um, cool. I'd be surprised, very surprised, just knowing um my brothers the way I do if... They were to come back. I think yeah. they're done. They're over. Because Hamish was at
0: West Coast. He's just living there now. He's, yeah, he loves it. He's very good mate with Luke Shuey. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. They get along like a house on fire. I, I just think they're um, they just love the. They love West Australia. They love yeah. the lifestyle. They feel super comfortable. They've got their lives set up there, and um, I think that's showing with Andrew's footy. He's killing it. So, yeah. um, hopefully he doesn't keep killing it so much that we don't win the flag. But um, um it's good to see him play well.
0: It is. Um, mate, what's next for you? Uh, I want a I've footy. A, footy, give me a footy one, but then give me your like off-field. What's I was gonna next? Give me a golf one. Oh, okay, and gain golf. That's the one I want mainly. Um,
1: so um, I'm very excited. As I said, touched on finishing uni. I'll get that one out of yep. the way. I can't wait. I'm gonna pop a champagne bottle and spray it all over myself and have an awesome time doing that when I finish that at, in about a month's time, couple of months time. Golf. Oh, man, I'm we'll on have four point we'll seven. Have to catch
0: up and keep talking about finance, man.
1: Yeah, I know that people (laughs) just want to hear it desperately. Sorry, they'll have to come next time. sorry, guys. um, Finance Golf, I'm going to try and... So, Jaden Hunt's off 3.8. I want to be the best golfer at Melbourne.
0: Yeah.
1: So, I've got a bit of work to do there, but I feel like it's sort of coming together. Um, Can you take me to Raw? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I ask
0: this on the show because you can't really say no. No, no, no. I could easily say no. Do Do you own a belt and white socks? I see what I make up in talent on the course, I make up in... Like golf kits, sure. So, Westway. As yeah. long as you
1: got white socks and a belt, you can wear honestly whatever you want. Okay. So, you're absolutely welcome. Thank you. But I'll um I'll be working on my golf game hard, and then with footy, I think um, you know, we spoke about it before motivating. I've got, I know a bloke who, <coughs> sorry, broke down in tears when I won a flag, and they weren't there to see it. So. My voice is going on me a bit. Um, winning a flag in Melbourne podcast in front of endurance,
0: man I know you have a show, <laughs> but like this is real. Hey, what's Pod- the time on this? <laughs> this one? is podcast one endurance. One hour. Mate.
1: So we goes for forty <laughs> okay. minutes. Yeah. I never get to this <laughs> yeah, point. Yeah, yeah.
0: But um, I'll take you to the deep end, my man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully, yeah. You know, we spoke about it. like um the motivation to win a flag for our supporter base um here in Melbourne is huge. So that's what's driving our group at the moment, and mm. um you know I think we've made a good start at it, but as i've touched on we've got so much more developing um and building as a team to do but you know we've got the belief and you know we're up for the fight so it's um going to be an exciting season of footy to be a melbourne supporter hopefully we can um replicate the success and um yeah that's probably that's all that's going on really exciting
0: what about you what's going on with you oh what's going on with me well i want to get a handicap i want to get my handicap down to like 15 i'd be happy with that yeah that's a good like that's a good target around that i'm i'm really enjoying being off like 1922 you get like the two points yeah. sort of every hole you can still hit some like like you yeah. know it's
1: it's fun golf and look i understand that there'll come a tipping point i suspect where that will
0: that will fade, it.
1: and then you'll be like, "Geez, I should be playing better." Yeah. And how long have you been playing?
0: No, only like literally six months. Yeah. So that'll yeah. come eventually.
1: So you, you're
0: in the honeymoon phase, and, and so it's great. This, so this is what I'm mean at the moment. This is what my week's like next week. I like, I have a serious fucking addiction to this. Sure. I've just signed up at a course. Whereabouts? So I've done it at Latrobe. Oh yeah. Near nice. me, but I've put my name down at PK. Because oh, that takes about five years to get yeah, in.
1: Yeah, that's a, I would never say. This, Stephen May, do you know it's him made, at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is I know. he listener? still? He
0: still will not come. He will not invite me to that course.
1: Well. I would never say this In front of him But that's a ripping course yeah, It is So you should get on So there. Sam
0: Doherty's there yeah. um, Adam Baldwin One of my mm-hmm. good friends Yeah there's a lot A lot of people there Ross Flanagan yep. Great great man um, But yeah Signed up there Put my name down there I'm actually on go a boogle next wow, Two weeks That's huge Yeah so going there Are you sure you don't Want to talk about finance No I know <laughs> We could. golf scoring. <laughs> oh, next time, next time. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. Um, So, yeah, that's for me. But I don't know, man. I wanted – we were talking some business off air. We were. I really want to get you guys into producing, into the stuff. studio, you and Corny to – Yeah, watch this space, everyone. Yeah, um, I'm about to cut Melbourne's bread really <laughs> badly and get him in. So, watch this oh, space on that one. That. That's next for me, bro. I cannot thank you enough for your time. No, I really, really on. appreciate it. I know you're a busy man. Um, Yeah, can't thank you enough for your openness, your honesty – and just your insights. Yeah, okay. well,
1: mate, thanks very much for having me. Yeah. It's um,
0: long overdue probably. From it that is. Can we do it surrender. again? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We'll get Gus and Gorney on. We'll get the, yeah. whole, the whole team. Yeah, going. yeah, we will. It'll yeah. be good. No, yeah. thanks for having me. And man. we've got the game at Melbourne. They're all in Melbourne. Lock that in. Yeah. Mark my words. And finance next time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, done. <laughs> See you, mate. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Dylan Friends Podcast. If you liked the show, it'd be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate,